Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God our Maker and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Most of us, when we look back over our lives, can identify a few pivotal moments, those times when a particular choice or event had significant influence on the course of our life. These kinds of moments often contain an ending as well as a beginning. Maybe that's why we call them pivotal. We say goodbye to one job or home or community in order to embrace a new opportunity. We close one door and open another. I'm involved with our scholarship process here at St. Mark's, and so this time of year I'm always so aware of our young people who are graduating from high school or graduating from college. These are pivotal moments for all of them as decisions are made about the future. And I know that our young people feel the weight of those decisions in a different way perhaps than they have before in their life. These types of moments can be so exciting and also very stressful filled with hope and anticipation, as well as trepidation, courage and fear, strength and vulnerability. Our scripture readings this morning invite us into one of these moments for Jesus and his followers. Things were about to change. Jesus' physical incarnate ministry among them had come to its completion it was time for him to depart from them, to make way for something new. The gospel writer doesn't want us to miss what a pivotal moment this is. You may be aware that the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts were written by the same person, kind of as a volume one and a volume two. Jesus' ascension is the hinge between these two books. It's the final scene in the Gospel of Luke and the opening scene in the book of Acts. And we just read both of these, which is pretty unusual. Luke doesn't want us to miss the point that Jesus' ascension is both an ending and a beginning. Now, you may not have spent a lot of time contemplating the ascension. It isn't celebrated as robustly in our strand of the Christian tradition, and even perhaps in our corner of the globe, there are parts of the world that, that celebrate ascension full force. It's one of those biblical stories that I think we modern people don't exactly know what to do with. It's easy to get derailed by the mechanics of it all. But when I read these stories, I'm not so curious about the how. I figure that's above my pay grade. I don't need to worry about that. I'm more curious about the disciples' response. They seem remarkably calm, given their track record. These were the same people that were filled with pathos and grief when Jesus had gathered them before to talk about his death and resurrection. These are people whose response to the empty tomb and the message he is risen, was to lock themselves behind closed doors, afraid for their lives. They strike me as people who struggled with fear of the unknown. 
Yet when the time came for Jesus to depart from them, they seemed to be filled with wonder and awe and even joy. They didn't scatter and hide. They found their way to the temple to bless and praise God. Something had changed in them. They were ready for whatever came next. Like a loving parent, Jesus had prepared them, had given them what they needed to face the future with confidence and hope. What could have been a moment defined by grief and fear became instead a moment of blessing. Listen again to Luke's closing words. Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Jesus' last act on this earth was to bless his followers, and this in turn evoked their blessing and gratitude and praise. A circle of blessing was created between God and God's people, a circle that has continued until this very day. The pastor and artist Jan Richardson, whose artwork has been on our bulletin cover many times, including today, has an interesting perspective on these ascension stories. She writes, As we read these stories again, what still takes hold of me is this, how Jesus prays for and blesses his friends as he leaves them, how leaving is part of the blessing, as if the blessing can happen no other way than by his departure, by his letting go of the ones whom he has loved, these ones whom he will never cease to love, but must release into their own lives so that they may enter into the blessing and enact it on this earth. Jesus leaving is part of the blessing. I'd never really thought of it that way, but it rings true to me. Jesus' departure creates space for his followers to be more than followers. It creates space for them to take all that he has offered them, divine wisdom and mercy and redemption and healing, to metabolize all of this and to go into the world to live as his body. Jesus released them to share all of these blessings as broadly and generously as possible. He called them to bear witness to the divine presence as they had come to know it in Christ Jesus. Jesus' return to the bosom of God opened their eyes to the universal scope of Christ's mission, a mission described in the book of Ephesians, to gather all things to God, to gather all people and all creation into this circle of blessing. You and I have been caught up in this movement. Week in and week out, we come to the temple like those first apostles to bless and praise God. We're nourished by Christ's presence as we feast on his wisdom and his word. We are healed and renewed by his forgiveness and mercy. All of this comes to us as blessing. 
We do nothing to earn or deserve God's favor. And week in and week out, we hear this call to be witnesses to the God that we have come to know in Christ. A witness is simply a person who experiences something and then tells about it and lives it. We have experienced the blessing of God in Christ. We are sent into our daily lives, into all of the roles and relationships that we have to share this in whatever way we can. Through us, God's blessing flows into the world and more and more people come to know the grace and favor of God. It is a holy yet somewhat daunting call to be the body of Christ in the world, to move from being followers to witnesses. We cannot answer this call of our own volition. We need divine intervention and help. But that's another story for another time. I forgot to tell you that this is part one of a two-part sermon. <laughs> so you have to stay tuned for next week's episode entitled Pentecost. <laughs> Until then, for all of God's blessings, we say thanks be to God. <laughs>